0: It actually carries a lot of weight, and it doesn't always feel good for everybody um, because we have moms that have children with us, and we have moms that have children in heaven with the Lord, and we have moms who have never their children haven't got to spend time outside of their womb on this earth. And so sometimes we say Happy Mother's Day, and we forget some of those moms. And so I just want to say, if at any, it doesn't matter if people know that you were a mom, or if they're not, or they don't know the struggles that you went through. God says he knows, and he is overjoyed that you have been such a good steward, no matter whether it was weeks, months, or years, and that he says that he just loves you. And he says, bring that to them. So I do want to say happy Mother's Day, but I also want to say that if you're in that place of struggle, The Lord says bring that to him because he knows that sometimes that can be very painful because, you know, not everyone knows all of our struggles, right? So if that's you, you know, ask the Lord if there's someone you need to comfort or love today. But I just want to pray over um, all the the moms in here today, okay? So I'm not going to make you stand up. Oh, gosh, I just (laughs) feel like God is just moving because he just loves us so much. So, Lord, I just thank you for every mom in here. I thank you that... You just love them so much that you chose them for each of their children. And Lord, I just ask you right now to just bring in your comforting spirit. Just flow over them that they can have joy in the moments that they had with their children, in the moments they will have with their children. And Lord, give them an overwhelming peace that their children are with you, are just being taken care of just so good and that, that, that you just love them and you love their children and that you have plans for them and everything you do is good. So Lord, we just thank you that goodness comes out of even heartbreak. And Lord, we just re- just ask you to just bring a peace over this room today in Jesus name. Oh, you guys, Mother's Day is emotional. I'm always like, "Oh no, it's Mother's Day." <laughs> My husband's like, "I'm not preaching Mother's Day. He's not really emotional." God speaks to him differently. I'll get up here and cry because, you know, it's okay to be vulnerable. It's really good. Sometimes we hold it all in, and then we get this thing called stress and anxiety and ulcers because we weren't created for that. So God's like, share your lives today. In that, I had this really great message planned for today. I was like, I did not do any work on it this week because I've had it for weeks, and I'm all excited because it was going to have like a magic show in the middle of it because it was like God's not a magician, which you're going to get to hear it at some point. So I'm getting all excited. I go up there last time like, oh, I'm going to get this pulled up and just go over it. You know, I've had this. And the Lord says, you're not talking about that. And I said, well, well, I only have a couple hours. The Lord's like, and he brought me. He said, I want you to go back in your notes from over a year ago. And he gave me a word, Isaiah 30. So if you're going to be reading a lot, we'll be in Isaiah 30, lots of, Lots of times today. Um, So, and every time I go in for the last uh, 12 hours to just go over and proofread, the Lord just keeps changing us. So we're going to see, I'm not really sure what's going to happen today, because the Lord's like, he's got something to say today, that's what he said to me. So I was like, all right, Lord, whatever you got to say, we want to hear it, because we know that our words are nothing compared to what God wants to say to people, right? That's good. But at least I'll give you a laugh. The title of my message is, I don't have ducks, I have chickens. (laughs) It's weird, isn't it? So we're going to talk about ducks and chickens now. So, so, church, can I just be honest with you for a minute? Would that be okay? If you don't, just definitely say no, please don't, because I'm going to (laughs) be... If you don't want honesty, go take a bathroom break, because we're going to get real honest here, okay? Um, We like control, don't we, in our lives? I mean, I mean you have people that are, like, control freaks. Like, I used to be one of those. If there was even a piece of lint on my floor, I would vacuum my floor. Then I'd broom it. You guys, if you don't, you know, brooming is, you know, sweeping. But we called it brooming. Um, I would broom it. Then I would, then I would take this teeny little brush that was this big, and I would do my entire carpet with this brush. And if, if you came in and you touched a bottle of, like, my perfume and you did not put it back, and it was not exactly straight. If you had, if you left a piece of laundry sitting, I thought it was looking at me, I would, like, freak out. I was a control freak. Like, everything had to be perfect in my room because my life was so chaotic growing up. You know, like, if you sat on the bed, I didn't even, like, really, I would sleep in my bed like this, and then I would try to jump out in the morning with two feet because I did not want to make any mess or touch anything or wrinkle my covers. You guys, I was... That's a control freak. So if you're not there, you're doing good. You're doing good. Just be like, at least I'm not like Sarah was. I'm definitely not like that now. You can come to my house and you're going to find things. Don't look under things. Do not lift up my cushions. Yeah. I usually get embarrassed when someone's like, oh, your cushion fell off. And then they're like, oh, yeah. you got like a whole meal in here. I'm like, yeah. So <laughs> There's never any money. All I find is like crumbs and toys and crap. You know? But you know, we, we, we tend to like that control. We think that helps us. Do you think that helped me, being like that? No. It gave me, like, such anxiety. I, like, had fear of everything. I was so worried. I would be horrible to people. Like, my room is more important than people. I actually had a doormat outside of my room, and if you were to come in, you had to wipe your, take your shoes off, wipe your feet before you could come in. And it was so uncomfortable to be in my room, because I'm like, don't sit on my bed. You'll wrinkle it. There is one chair for guests. You may sit on it. On the edge. On the edge. Don't lean back because I don't want, like, hair falling off your head and getting on my, I had a problem. <laughs> Thankfully, the Lord did deliver me from that. Layla was a year old, and she started freaking out because a cupboard was left open. And she started crying and going around and making sure every cupboard was shut. And I thought, Lord, you're showing me I have a problem. <laughs> Thank you. You made me a mom to show oh, it, you know. Good. But we like, we like control. We like to lead things. We like to, um, you know, nobody in here probably, because you guys are all great drivers. But, you know, we have people that are backseat drivers. You know, they think that they got it. I may or may not fall into that category. We'll never tell. But, you know, we think, of course, I could. you know, I want to control when I'm driving. I want to control when you're driving. I want to control everybody that's driving on the road. You know what I mean? You're thinking like, you know, does anyone talk to people in a very stern voice that can't hear you in other cars? And you're yelling at them to go, stop, use your blinker, what are you doing? You guys, I constantly, when I'm driving, I'm like, what are you doing? Go, go. And my kids are like, you do know they can't hear you. <laughs> so we like to have some control. Because the world tells us that control means power, right? They think, they've taught us control means authority. If you have control over a person or over, 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 um, a place of employment, or your kids, or whatever it is. It it means power, and if you have control of the money, you control everything, right? That's what the world tells us. So we begin to go after this control. I mean, I'm pretty sure if anyone walked in my room, I had, at least my friends were nice to me, and they didn't say, you are mentally insane, girl. Like, what is going on? This is not healthy. This is not right. You need to do something, right? So if anyone is in that spot, Jesus can heal you if you, like, can't have a piece of lint, and you'll start crying, and lay on your floor in tears because there was lint Like that just giving you guys a hint that that's not healthy. Like, right? You guys agree with me? That's not healthy. Yes. Good. Okay. Yes. Cuz um you guys are looking at me and I'm thinking, "Oh man. Yes. God, what are you going to do today?" <laughs> so because we like to be on that top, you know, we and the world kind of tells us this is how a husband and wife should look and this is how you should raise your kids and this is how your house should look. You know, whenever I watch TV or whatever, I had these friends that I went over to their house and that's how their house looked and I thought their life was perfect so I was like, I got to do this because the world said you got to have perfect, you got to have 2.3 kids. I don't know how that works out, you know, but you've got to have the white picket fence and you got to look like this, you got to have a job, and you got to wear a suit and tie and it just begins to look like that. So we begin to dress certain ways we begin to you know have our house or our homes look certain ways at least when people are looking um, and we begin to like try to control things in our life now I don't know why we do this because each time we try we usually realize we have no control you know take a tired two-year-old shopping (laughs) you see how much control you have right Mm mm-hmm they don't care. You know what? Potty training a kid. <laughs> they will run down. Um, I went to this huge, when I was growing up, we had this huge um, Catholic church with, like, this beautiful aisle, you know, red carpet right down the middle. And, and um, this family had all these children. And in the middle of, you know, like, there's times in the Catholic church where, like, it's really quiet and so And this little boy has no clothes on, and he's like, I went potty. He runs right down the aisle. Can't control that. <laughs> and I thought, the mom, she was so good. She just picked him up and was like, good job. I'm like, that's because you have more than one kid. This ain't your first. This ain't your first. You, you realize the other children all taught you, you have no control of what goes on. You know, so, you know, we really don't have control, but we keep going after it. Um, you know, we share all these great things about our lives and we hide all the things that look chaotic because it's like, well, I can't let people know. I mean, I can't let people know that I used to be that crazy about cleaning my house. You guys do know I still like to clean. I love cleaning. Um, But, But you know, things can be on my floor. But, you know, I don't think I would have told anybody that when I was younger... Matt got baptized by fire because he married me, and then, you know, and uh, we, after we got married, we moved in together. We lived together in the same house, and he thought, what's happening? I don't know this girl. Like, I don't know this one. What? Where did she come from? Like, I never saw this before. It was very shocking, but we tend to hide things that we think maybe are not as perfect, or are scary, or we feel we don't have control on. Because we want to look like we have control for other people. Because we obviously know we don't have control, right? That's why we're going after it. That's why we're trying to grasp it, because we already know we're out of control. (laughs) My life is out of control sometimes. You guys should see me. Most of you have seen me after 9 o'clock, and you know like something happens, and I just... You know, I might be doing cartwheels in my living room. I might be dancing with the cat, which I'm going to out my husband. I was dancing with my cat like this. I was like, Sixer, yeah. I love you. And I'm singing to my cat. I'm like, Where should And my husband, this is how much he loves me, you guys. This is how much he picks up the other cat. <laughs> he just brings it up. And he comes in front of me and he stands. That's not how you were doing yeah, it. Come on, come on. Yeah. Let's be honest. We're being open here. We don't need control. Um, <laughs> And he just brings the cat, and he stands in front of me. We're dancing, and then we're making the cats kiss each other. Just love it. I mean, they enjoyed it, I think. I hope so. But, you know, I'm not embellishing. It was beautiful, you guys. If you have ever seen my cat, Sixer, he is a handsome little man, but also large. <laughs> but, you know, it was just like, I don't have control. You don't know what's going to happen. I don't know what's going to happen from one day to the next. So when I realized that, it gets fun. When I quit trying to, like, force it. And, I, and I, I, I had to out him because I wanted to get a video of it, but he's like, I can't let anyone know that's happening. I'm dancing with this cat, but it's out now. <laughs> it's out now. Also, I can't scroll my computer, my I have a Band-Aid on. Okay. So, do you guys know that we do it in church, too? I think, like, that's the biggest place we do it. How are you? I'm just blessed. So good. Oh, I just, just have so much faith about this. And people are coming in like, well, I don't. It's like, inside, we're feeling like I don't, but we want to tell everyone all of our highlights, everything. We do that, too. But, you know, when God wants to move, we're just standing there. When he wants to manifest, he's like, raise your hand, submit to me. And we're like, well, they're not. like i'm in the front row people are going to see me i'm in the back row what if they turn around (laughs) they might see me and god you know and god's pressing i do really weird things i'm like god why are you having me do this he's like i just want you to look funny (laughs) (laughs) you know sometimes i'm like god i'm letting go and like i will shake or or god will have me on my knees i'm like god what do people think he's like why do you care He said, they're too worried, worried about what other people are thinking about what I'm doing in their heart right now. I'm like, okay, so let's keep going. So when the Spirit manifests, you know, we don't want to raise our hands. And when God is breaking something in us, we get all stone-faced. You aren't going to make me cry. You know, like, I'll be all like, I ain't submitting to you, Lord. Like, we're not doing this right now. I'm not doing that. And then God starts to move, and his presence falls. And we begin to argue with God, you know, God, this can't be you. I'm not doing that. That looks weird no, this seems fake or silly. And God's like, okay, if that's how you want it. And he passes on. hopefully he gets down to me and then I'll just do anything. I've learned that because I have been, I have tried to control the presence of God in my life and it always ends up badly. Um, You guys want to hear a story about how it ended up badly? Yeah. Yeah, okay. So, um... You know, there's times that God moves. I've seen people, people, some people call it slain in the spirit, or just the Holy Spirit come on you and you fall. Or, you you know what I mean? Like, it's just amazing at times. And now that's not like a normal, everyday thing that happens. But, I mean, maybe for some people it does. Um, So this is, I just got, like, saved. And I'm going to this church. And I'm like, this is looking weird. Like, people are doing weird things. They are, like, screaming out. Like, we went to this, it was, like, A revival fire, you know, revival fire, guys, coming back in the day. That's the way it was. And so I'm like, these people are weird to my friend. And she's like, well, you know, just sometimes God moves in different ways. These people, they love God, and they're just letting God move them. I'm like, but they keep falling down. They're, like, shaking, you know. They're, like, up there screaming, Jesus, you know. And I'm thinking, what is happening and I'm in probably, it was like these rows, they were like kitty corner and like the nice soft seats. Sorry guys, you don't have soft seats. But. <laughs> so I'm like three rows back and this, my friend's mom goes up for prayer and she gets healed. She had MS, gets completely healed. They went back to the doctors even and they're like, how could you have MS for 10 years? And there is zero, yeah. like yeah. any, in your, like it's not there anymore. So this is, this is what's happening. I'm like am I seeing this? Like, And I'm, I'm watching this stuff, and I just feel my body, and the Lord is just speaking to me, and I'm like, I just start shaking. I, I'm like, Lord, I don't know what's going on. I told my friend, something's happening. She's like, it's okay, and I'm, I'm like forcing it. like I am not falling. I am not doing anything the Lord says. My arms are down here. Next thing I know, I am looking at the ceiling, and the Spirit of the Lord came on me so much, I knocked my chair down, and I knocked three rows back. And everyone was just like, and I got up, and I just had a new, like, presence of the Lord. And I thought, I'm never going to tell you no, Lord, because I don't want to do that. Because that was way more embarrassing if I would just would have lifted my hands. Yeah. Like, okay. And I'm just laying there. And they used to do the cool cloths, you know. So, like, I wake up to all these, like, old people with a cloth on me. I'm like, what's happening? Am I in heaven? That actually happened to me in the Catholic Church before I even knew that, too. I was up there. I was an altar server, and I was just standing there, and I was like, something feels weird. And the Spirit of the Lord came on me and I just felt, I didn't know that's what it was then. And I look up and all these old men are just, you know, (laughs) trying to like drag me because I'm like right up, like I'm on the altar guys, altar server. And they're like, drag (laughs) in my robe. So you know what? It can be weird sometimes. Now, I don't think God's like that all the time. I don't think he's going to do that and just try to freak everyone out, but there are times that God has moved like that. Um, but we want so much control that God's like, okay, you can have it. If you want it, go ahead and try. See how it works out. Because I'm having experiences where I'm seeing healing. I'm getting yes. set free. People can, people can debate you about whether God is real, but they cannot debate your testimony because it happened to you. They cannot take that from you. They cannot take what God has done in you. They can sit there and have all the theological discussions they want, but they cannot change what God did in you for you. But we've got to be open. We've got to say, you know what, God? You're right. I can't control this. This is you. Because God is uncontrollable. Did you guys know that? He's uncontrollable. He's even unreasonable. He's unreasonable with his love and his grace and his presence and the way he manifests in his love. He gives it without reason if we want it, if we are willing to receive it, if we're not going to fight him for it. I am not going to fight God for control. I lose every time because I gave my life over to him. I gave my life to Jesus. I don't have the control anymore. We want to put this front on that just looks so good. And even in church, we want to be like, you know, I raise one hand, but both, that's too much. I sing like this, down, so no one can hear me, or I'm out words. You know, because I don't want people to actually hear me. And we sit there and we come each week, and the Lord's like, yeah, because that looks good. The Lord's like, sometimes I don't want it to look good. You don't need God if you look if everything's perfect, right? We don't need a God if everything is perfect in our lives. I'm telling you, I need God. Yeah. And anyone who yeah. who looks like they don't, they probably need him a lot cuz they probably got a lot of baggage going on that people don't see. He saying and I looked and God gave me this announcement he said I don't need ducks. I like chickens. And I thought, you know, ducks when you see them, they're all in a row with their mom. Waddling and going, and they, I mean, they just look perfect. Like, how do these ducks know that they just come, hop, hatch out of an egg, follow mom, like every time? And then you have chickens; they hatch out of an egg. They're they run all over. They're stepping on each other. You know, they're just everywhere. You throw stuff around, they chase you. If you got a rooster, they're just after you, and they're and they're scaring people like me. And I'm I used to be terrified of birds, and they're just everywhere, and they're loud, and they're just they're just being a chicken. They're just being a chicken. And God's like, I've had enough ducks. I've had generations of Pharisees and Sadducees who they put the rules on me or try to, anyways. They say what I'm going to do and not going to do. And God's like, uh uh. I'm going to show you what I'm going to do. When it comes to God, we can't be ducks, get to be a chicken. I want to live in the presence. I want to let go and experience the full presence of God. That's what I want. I want people just to know when I am walking down the street that they're like, there is a woman filled with the spirit of the most high God. That's good. They don't even have to know me. Mm-hmm. It's so good. We cannot control the spirit of God when we try, the only person that's really missing out is us. Because we may have it all together when we come to church and we come together, and we're not going to let God move on us, or we're not going to we're not going to receive that. And the only person that that's affecting is us. Because when you go home, it is you and God, and it doesn't matter what everyone else thought about you. Yeah. So we're going to go in Isaiah 30, and you guys, like I said last night, the Lord just so bear with me because i got lots of different things going on here but the lord this is a prophecy about the approaching danger of jerusalem and the desolation of judea judea because what was happening is they said we don't really want to trust you god even though you've done all of these things we want to trust the egyptians because they look like they're powerful you know they have they're the most advanced technology and all of this stuff and they have money we want to trust the egyptians and they wanted to diminish the good advice that God gave them. I mean, we never do that. We never, like, trust, you know, our jobs, right? Or our spouse to meet our needs. You know, or our kids to be perfect so that, you know, you can look good. We want our, we, we never expect that, right? Sometimes we do. But that's what they were doing. They'd seen God work, and then they're like, you know, these Egyptians look like they got control. I mean, they build pyramids. So they're like, let's listen to them over God. Doesn't that sound silly right now? Yeah. When you say, that. yeah. That's what they did. So I'm going to read it. It says God's decree. It says, you make plans, but not mine. So this is him saying what the Lord is saying. You make deals, but not in my spirit. You pile sin on sin, one sin on top of another. You go off to Egypt without asking me, and you're running off to Pharaoh for protection. God does not sound very happy right now with that. He's saying, I gave you answer. I gave you provision. I gave you everything you need. And here you're looking to a man to meet your needs. Our life begins to be all the things we think is right. We might throw God a bone once in a while and say, oh, okay, I guess you said this, God. And we forget that Jesus died for all mankind to give us everything, to take care of every need, to have every need met, every need. We try to make things happen. Any you guys try to make things happen? Mm-hmm. We're worried, you know, we're so worried that our kids will not have everything we didn't have, mm-hmm. that we just go overboard and we put them in everything and, and we give them everything, you know, and Christmas is like higher than the tree and they're like, is there a tree in there, Mommy? And you're like, you'll have to find out. Um, and we want to give them everything and do everything, and we want to be these. um, Matt came up, he heard this, it's called snowplow parenting, right? Is that what it is? And just, you do everything, take everything out of the way for your kids so that they never have to rely on God because they can rely on you. And thus, you took what God had for them, and you actually took from your kids. I've been guilty of that at times. And when God, you know, corrected my heart and said, that's not your job to fix everything for them and to have control and never see them have anything out of control. My kids have seen me out of control. You know know what's great about that? Is that my kids get to watch the process of how God comes into my life. Not that we're perfect, not that we have control of everything. They're like, if God is doing it for my mom and my dad... Like, he will do it for me. But if they don't have God, if it's parents that are doing it all, they don't know that they can go to God. Because we've just taken everything out of there, and we've put it on our back, and we've taken care of everything, and we don't even we just don't ever want them to have to fail at anything. Yes, we do. Because there's teaching moments in that. That's just extra. So we do all of this. You know, we go we go and we lose sleep and and we have this debilitating stress and this overwhelming busyness. You ever look at your calendar and say, I don't even want to get up today because we've filled it up with things? Or stress? Even amongst believers, we deal, like I said, anxiety and, and stress, and we're dealing with this because we're carrying it and we're not meant to. Because we're trying to control how life is going, and it does not work that way. We can do all the right things, and bad things still happen. We can't always control that. You could do everything perfect, and you might still get a result less than perfect, right? Yeah. There are people that you know, have had losses in their life, and they have been good, godly people. So we can't look to them and say, well, I'm going to control this. If I do this, it's going to work out this way. We don't know we're not God. And we make sure that people know we've got it together. We can do it on our own, in our own strength. That's exhausting. There's your Mother's Day message. That's exhausting because we think moms are super women and they have eyes in the back of their heads and you know we think you know we can't find something that's sitting right in the middle of the counter but a mom has this super sense that you know like the blinders just come off and you can't find something a mom's like it's over here you go under three things of this and this and that but there it is you know they just know but you know good moms know that where they're gonna give the glory is to God that God gave them that strength, like he says in Proverbs thirty one, that he created them to be like they are super moms because they have a supernatural God living inside of them. Yeah. So come on, that is why moms are like that. That is amazing. So when we look at that and we see we can't do this on our own, you know, we can't keep trying to push those little ducks. Get in your row, get in there, get in there. <sighs> Try doing that with chickens. It does not work, and they are scary little beasts when they come at you, <laughs> okay? See, because we're making everyone, we're like holding up a picture in front of the screen of all these ducks in a row, and it's like a curtain that we're closing, and behind the chickens are pecking each other and running all over, and, all, and that's the real life, right? It's what's behind the curtain, because on Facebook, we always put the ducks in the row. We are not putting our chickens up there, <laughs> Right? And when someone does put a chicken up there, we've gotten so much that we want to control things that instead of reaching out to them with the word of God, we're like, oh, that's a train wreck. I'm going to back up from that. No, that's not true. I'm going to keep going in God's word because his word is so good. So I'm going to read some things. Now, this is the Lord talking, not Sarah. So... He says in his word, because this is a rebellious generation, a people who lie, a people unwilling to listen to anything God tells them, they tell their spiritual leaders, don't bother us with these irrelevancies. Then they tell the preachers, Don't waste our time on impracticalities. Tell us what makes us feel better. I'm sorry guys, you just this church is not gonna do that for you. Because we love you. We're gonna just tell you what God says. So I'm going to keep going on and see what he says. It says, This perverse way will be like a, towering, a t- like a towering, badly built wall that slowly, slowly tilts and shifts. And then one day, without warning, it collapses. It smashes to bits like a piece of pottery smashed beyond recognition or repair. Useless a pile of debris to be swept up and thrown into the trash. It was obvious when he was talking to um, Judah that they were not interested in the word of God. They were not interested in what God had to say. They did not want to be led by the Spirit of God, and they didn't really want to obey his laws. They wanted the control. They wanted to submit to a man who was not, you know, just a man. And God's like, "This this is what you're doing. You want to be real? This is what you're doing. So God said that to them. And the stress of doing it all, of being everything to everyone. Has anyone ever felt that? Like you had to be ever, anyone? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I think not just moms, but I think a lot of us have felt like we have to do everything. We have to be everything to everyone. Eventually it breaks us and not in a good way. A very tragic way. Because you do that for too long and your needs are not being met. Eventually you can't meet needs anywhere and it becomes this big mess and then we just keep trying to put that little screen up and make everyone think that it's perfect because it's so messy and we don't have we feel like we can't even go to people and say help me. I don't even know what to do anymore. Maybe someone hasn't taught us how to take that to God and say, "God, take this control because what I'm doing is I'm just dropping paint everywhere and it's splattering and getting all over everybody. And I don't I don't know how to clean it up." But God's like, "I do. No problem." I got this you ever get good advice and then do the exact opposite (coughs) nobody yeah Yeah. like someone will tell you especially when you're young they will tell you and you will do the opposite why do we do that (laughs) like you know your mom says don't climb up so high in that tree you know make sure you have shoes on when you go in the tree because what happens You're going to slip and fall and get slivers and scratches. Now, was your mom trying to be mean to you? She just doesn't want me to have fun and climb that tree. No, she would like you to not die and fall out of a tree from like two stories up and and get slivers and, you know, um, things like that. So maybe they give you good advice and then you do the opposite. Wear your (laughs) seatbelt. You're just mean. You want to confine me, (laughs) you know. Put a one-year-old in a car seat. That's how they feel. That's how they react in because you're putting them in a car seat. Like, you now, like, they're like holding their body up. Yeah, they're like, you're trying to control me. And you're like, I'm trying to make sure if there's anything that goes wrong that you are the safest person in the car because I love you so much. Guys, I pray for you. You got a one-year-old in six days here. So, but people will give us good advice and we do the opposite. What is Like, when you look back, you're thinking, why did I do that? Sometimes we do it just because we want control. We know it's going to hurt us. And we will go through that pain just so we look like we're in control. That's a special kind of (laughs) stupid. It is. I'm cool. I don't need to wear a coat. 14. (laughs) Wearing slippers to school. Who needs shoes? Zero. Zero degrees out. Cause mom said, take a coat. Not taking a coat. It's not cold here. I'm fine, cool. You look real cool. You look blue too. we do the opposite. Why do we do that? We do that to God too. We do that to God. It's funny because you know why we laugh? Because we resonate with that, and we're like, Yep, I did that, that, and that. I'm living that right now oh, you know what that really is? It's just that little piece of rebellion that we're trying to hold on to. And we want to make, you know, so it's like, and God's like, why? Everything I have for you is good. Mom's in here like, amen, listen to everything I say. I'm a mom, I've kept you alive. The only reason you're alive is because God gave me authority to do so. Because I could take you out anytime. Sometimes that's how a mom feels, right? So let's see what God has to say. Because you know what? Even in all that, he said that to them. He was telling them, he's like, bad idea. This is how you're acting. This is what's going on. But he still showed up for them. God still showed up. And God says this in 15. It says, God, the master of the whole, the holy of Israel has this solemn counsel. So he's like, I got to tell you something. Your salvation requires you to turn back to me and stop your silly efforts to save yourselves. Your strength will come from settling down In complete dependence on me. This very thing you've been unwilling to do. So God's saying, you want things to get better? Do you want to have less anxiety? Do you want to feel like you actually have some control? Um, Give it to me. Because we can't do it for very long. We might be able to do it for a season. We might look really good on paper or on screen. But we can't keep it up for very long. I'm going to tell you a story about some friends that I had. So I grew up in a neighborhood, and there was this family, and they just looked perfect. Like, you know, the kids never were dirty. I come out, and my hair might not have been brushed for a week. I don't know. I mean, I don't even know if I have shoes on, or one shoe on, and I got holes in my pants, and I'm like dirty, because I play outside all the time. Like, if it was sunny out, or if there was daylight, I was out there. I was youngest of nine kids. My mom was like, go out, you can come in, I'll throw a sandwich out on the porch. Like, don't come in this house. <laughs> you know? But So I had this, these friends that I played with, and they just always looked perfect, and they had everything, like anything you could think of. Mom, they'd come home, and there's a, you know, up at the counter, and there's cookies and milk, and they had a cookie jar, and you know, moo, it says, you know, and I was like, I want that. And, and their house smelled like clean laundry all the time, but I never saw any. It was like, put away. That level, guys, clean laundry, put away. I mean, that's a, that's a level that is hard to attain. Yeah. You know, in their rooms, everything was spotless. Their beds were always made, and they always had every, you know, I'm like, I want a canopy bed, and they had canopy beds. And you know what? And their covers were white. White. Yeah. And they were still yeah. white. Like, every time I went, <laughs> I'd run in their room to see if it was still white. I'm like, I don't even have a sheet on my bed right now. <laughs> Do I have a bed? I had, like, I, I was in a room with three other girls, like, I might have slept on the floor. I could fall asleep in a chair. Like, that's what you do when you have, you don't know what's going to happen when you live in a house with 11 people and one and a half bathrooms. Yes. The Lord, really? I mean, I was. So this home and these people, and they just, and they went to church. They did everything at church. They had their pew and they walked in. They sat together. They didn't go to my church. They went to a different church, you know. So, and they're just always telling me how, how their church is better than our church, and they tell me how their family is better, and they're always, just everything was perfect. They didn't even have a crumb in their car. And you know what happened every time I went with them? I would, like, drop my ice cream, or do, like, I like, I don't know what God was doing, but every time I would do something, like, I dropped, I dropped drop grape juice on their carpet. Like, I was, like, this horrible child, and I didn't mean to, I just, I was just messy, I was terribly messy, like, as a little child. And I just thought everything just looks, they were just in control of everything. Everything was perfect all the time. Like, nothing ever happened. And I thought, as I got older, you know, I started seeing some little things. um, Like, I was like, oh, man, that's just a lot of work to be like that. And, and, you know, their mom didn't actually want me to be their friend because I did not look like that. I did not act like that. I definitely didn't talk like that, you know. And But what happened is um, my senior year, we worked at the same place, and it all broke loose. They couldn't hold together anymore. Abuse, massive abuse was going on in their home. You know, the wife was basically abusing the husband and the children, and there was yelling and screaming, and all of this stuff was happening in their home and the girl showed up she was a year younger than me she showed up at my work and you know she's like I lost a lot of friends that aren't talking to my family anymore because you know we were all friends at church and they don't want to associate with us and it was so heartbreaking for me because I lived that all. I'm thinking, that's my everyday life. Abuse was like, that's normal. You know, messes was normal. Having things out of, like, my family did not, they didn't know how to give it to Jesus. And I just remember her coming and talking about, like, how they, their church turned their back on them, their friends. Because they didn't fit in that, you know, everybody fit in that there. Yeah. And I just said, you know what? I'm, you, just let it go. I said, I live that. You can still love Jesus, because I was a Christian at this time. I got saved. And, and I said, it doesn't matter what people think. And you know what? It doesn't matter. I said, you still love your mom and dad. And I said, and don't worry what people say about them. You still love them. And you honor and respect them. And, and those people that are out of your life, good. Because you know what? They weren't good for you anyways. And I saw those people two years ago the whole family, they came up and said hi to me. Um, And after that, the mom was really nice to me because before I didn't fit, but as soon as they didn't fit, they realized, I can't do this forever. And it was really good, and they have children, and it's just their family looks great now, and um, they're able to go and get help when they need it, because sometimes we need it. (laughs) We all need it sometimes. Nobody's perfect. So we can't look like that forever. Trying to have that control can destroy, destroy everything in our life. So I'm going to read one more verse. In verse 18 it says, this is my favorite part, okay? It says, but God's not finished. He's waiting around to be gracious to you. He's gathering strength to show mercy to you. God takes time to do everything right, everything those who wait around for him are the lucky ones. Yeah. He's waiting for us. He didn't give up on us. He didn't say, oh, you've just been living that life too long. You've been controlling too long. You, you want to be God too long. You know, I'm going to let all this terrible stuff happen to you. He said, no, he's waiting around to be gracious towards you. Quit trying to put your ducks in a row. Be chickens. Let them go. Experience God's presence. Don't do church. Be present with God every moment. He wants to be, He wants you to be you, and he's going to be God. He's really good at it, so um, he doesn't really need my help. I can't, you know, I'm never going to be on top if I try to be God, but I can be, I can be on top if I'm me. I've got to hand it over to him because he wants to be gracious, he wants to be merciful, he wants to be loving, and his thoughts are always towards you in a good way, always then we get to live in freedom. We don't have to live in that prison of control. So don't apologize when God is moving on you. If it's through tears, if it's through like shouting. There's times that God just like, shout out, Sarah, and I was like, all right. And I do it at home, and I do it here, and I do it. And don't, don't apologize if he's working when he's showing up, if he's breaking things off and he's releasing things. God cannot be contained, and nor should we want him to be. So when you come into church, know that this, number one, is is a safe place and that we want God to move here. And when you're at home, let God move everywhere. Don't worry about what people are thinking. Well, that's weird. I'm free and I don't have that baggage and that weight. Let God do that for you. And that probably touched each of us different ways. Let God speak to you because he's going to do that over the next hours. Days and weeks. it's it's a journey for some and it's instant for others. But let God show show up and quit apologizing for how he does. Let's pray.